What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 36 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah. And on this very special occasion, we are glad to welcome back Costa for the 35th time. <laughs> Man, 35 episodes. That's kind of crazy. I thought we'd be like two and then just done. So, or Well, like... I've done 36. You missed a week. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> But we are not alone this week uh, to, it's the very, what's the word I'm looking for, Coast? I can't remember, uh, anticipated, much anticipated, uh, Midnight Hunt limited commons and uncommons episode. And for that, we needed a judge. And who better than the best person to ever do this judging for us? Wink, wink. It's Samson. How are you, my buddy? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that uh, once the podcast went black, it, it could not go back. Uh, seeing this <laughs> is a really good color in this set. So, you know, those, those black limited decks are doing really well. Dude, that was that was nice. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was smooth. <laughs> For sure. But uh, another reason why I gave him such a grand introduction was so I can also get a dig at the other person on this podcast. Because back by some form of demand, it is Tree. How are you? Hello, welcome, welcome. I I just love the excitement I hear in your voice. <laughs> I just realized we have a we have some diversity here. I, I didn't even I didn't even notice that before, but this is definitely an eclectic podcast. Oh, Very wind. Very diverse group of follicle lengths. Kind of show reminds me of that song that Michael Jackson he got like all his people together to sing about the world you know but anyway you said diversity I said Earth Wind who's gonna finish it oh fire, fire. oh my God Earth Wind Fire is good so. no there's more uh, oh. and then Storm no other one <laughs> the the water Avatar yeah, water <laughs> that's, 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 werewolves <laughs> I don't think they've made it to Avatar yet, but anyways. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, we don't have anything for phasing in this week, so we're going to go straight to the untapped step. And I'm going to kick us off, all right? So I, th- I was thinking about what I wanted to say this week on the podcast. I Do I talk about – I made the black zombie deck that I've been mentioning throughout spoiler season. And I was like, do I talk about that? I made a mono green mid range deck, you know, Ren and Seven, a Seagull's Chariot, my not Grave Titan green card. Uh, do I talk about that? But like, no. So I'm not actually going to be talking about magic that I played. I just want to be salty for a little bit, if you'll indulge me. I actually messaged you about this, Costa. I was very upset about it. I forgot what it was, honestly. Which one? You, you, you're salty. salty so much that it's very hard to keep straight what saltiness we're talking about today. All right. So on the sideboard special, I talked at length about how beautiful these basic lands are for this set. Best basics. I They're easily my favorite basics they've ever done. And then on the podcast, you and I talked about it, how much we love these basic lands. You kind of um, stuck in some digs at them, and I still haven't forgiven you for that. I but, mean, I just like, I don't know. like Stop symmetry. talking, Costa. This is my time. Symmetry. All right. So they're, they're beautiful. I love them so much. Why are they 5,000 gems on Arena? Why? I started playing some limits. Like, oh, I'm more than looking forward to tapping these black and white lands than anything else. And I go into my first game and I'm like, what are these? These uh, deck builders 
toolkit basic lands. What are, what's going on? And I was like, maybe they just haven't put them in yet for some reason. Then I go, it's like, nope, look at the store. 5,000 gems for basic lands. I think technically they weren't on the store yet when you actually were complaining. Well, when we were first looking well, for them, but then like the next day they came up. I just, I can't, right? How much? Because how much does 20 bucks get you? How many gems is that? Like, uh, I think it's like 5K or something like that. No, it's like 3,200, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. So, it is. No, it is. You're right. Yeah, it is like 30. It's like 30, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 bucks worth of gems for these basic lands. I mean, this is All right. a surprise to no one. We got the stupid constellation ones with Theros. We got the full art ones with Zendikar. Why are these? Just because they know people love them. Yes, you're like, yes, all right. Yes, so yes. in that sense, you're right. Wizards exploiting their wizards exploiting their consumer base. Of course they would, but they can all go to hell, and I'll never forgive them for this. It's like, do y'all have any actual magic stuff to talk about? I made myself upset. You sure did, Samson. You want to go first, or you want me to talk about my my sealed? Uh, I'll do my release weekend. Uh, my sealed deck. Uh, my fun interaction was I uh, gave a creature double strike with the uh, white common and my opponent looked at me and I looked up at him because he had the, uh, I think it's Jared that like, if you're exactly 13 white, you get to flip. Is it Jared or the other one? Yeah, it's uh yeah, I think it's Jared. Jared. Yeah. So he's like, he went to Jared. He's like, you sure? I was like, absolutely. And I hit Jared. him. He goes to 13. He has seven man up. So he just immediately flips to like the unstoppable death monster. And then I proceeded, he immediately plays the piece of removal that's in his hand to kill my trapper. I defend it with the uh, indestructible plus three, plus three to human. And then I just kept the thing tapped down for the rest of the game. It just killed him with a two, one flying vampire. And it was, it was, it was so satisfying. It's like, nope, the impeccable, uh, this unstoppable death monster with flying life, like and all the keywords and the ability can't stop the zero two tapper. That's just like, I don't know, throwing pebbles at him or something. Yeah, well, that that was my fun event. Nice, nice. Trey, you want to go next? Um, mine was not so fortunate. Um, my pre-release event, I l- I may have opened really well. I got to fairy as a uh, pre-release foil. Um, I got as well the mute massacre and tovalar. Um, I also got like um like most of the rare humans in this set basically. Um. But like I've lost every single, I lost every single match, um, everything to flyers. I had nothing to deal with flyers, basically. Um, and so yeah, that's that's how you, that's limited for you. you get flyers, they don't have anything way to, any way to deal with it, then you they win. I don't even want to hear about this though. Your pools at Seal, they're just nuts. You pulled like four fetches in the MH two. You get good stuff in this one, man. Me, I mean, I got one mythic. And it was pretty balmy, but still, uh, I, I don't want to hear about this complaining about that. Now, I mean, that's fine. I'm uh, letting you know, like that's how my seal pool went. Like it was fine, but it's just like I lost every single match. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I still haven't gotten my sealed pool yet. Yeah, no, I still have it holding it ransom. Right <laughs> uh, as for me, um, you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I played black white. My mythic was the intrepid adversary, so it's a one and a white for like a three one life linker, and when it ETBs, you pay one and a white like X times. 
then it gets X something counters on it, which uh, anthems the team. So I had some I had some crazy uh, synergy with that deck. In fact, I in mid game I was like, oh, I can flip this two one that turns into a three two that when it attacks it brings a creature back that's uh, like CMC two or less, and then. Oh yeah, because it's an ETB trigger, I'll just dump a bunch of mana in this. So it's swinging, giving my team and all my decayed zombies like plus three, plus three, and just kill my opponent. Seems pretty good. Um, I would have gone undefeated. My my last round was, uh, uh, you know, just tough breaks. My opponent was running really hot, happened to get a, uh, uh, what is it? What's the Delver Secrets turn one into turn two flip all three games. Um, apparently he was running really hot cause his seal pool also had, uh, five rares in his pool, uh, as well as like the best commons and uncommons. So, uh, he had, he had three moon ragers slashes, uh, in that pool. Uh, that was, pr- that was pretty heartbreaking. So, uh, sometimes, you know, you just run into a, an unstoppable, uh, wall and you're the big gust that hits that wall. So other than that though, it was really good. I had a great time. Uh, and I look forward to doing some more limited, which we've done quite a bit. That's why we're here for this week. So I never hope I have never hoped Jason listened to the podcast more than right now. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, he's going to love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that will do it for the untapped stuff. We got a bunch of salt for me and some more productive stories from them, but let's get into this week's main topic, which is the top five commons in each color in Innistrad Midnight Hunt and the top three uncommons for each color in Innistrad Midnight Hunt. We're going to do this the same way as we did before, which is more of a contest of who can please the judge more. And as I mentioned in the intro, our judge is going to be Samson. But because we have three contestants this time, we are going to do it a little bit differently. So... We're each going to give our subjective lists to our Supreme Judge. He will then rate them first, second, and third. Whoever comes in first is going to get two points. Whoever comes in second is going to get one. And three is going to be a giant goose egg. Looking forward to taking that third spot many times. Going to own it like the champ I am. But uh, You want my criteria for points? Sure, go ahead. Uh, so most important thing to me is going to be inclusion of uh, powerful cards. So leaving off like what I view or what I think will be in the format very powerful cards. And then for the, you know, the next time we do this, what ends up being very powerful cards gives a lot of like forecasting for the, for the limited set and or knowledge of the limited set. So that's number one. Number two is going to be uh, overall picks kind of seeing like the breadth of your play or the breadth of your ability to to uh, see what cards are going to be good like hey this person has like three to four like really powerful cards maybe their fifth pick or their one their fourth and fifth pick weren't as cool weren't as good but i like that they identified these three very well uh order will not matter and the third piece of criteria is going to be uh their short but sweet elaboration to see how you came uh, to your conclusions on why the cards were important you know show it's like math it's like algebra show your work all righty then get my ace ventura on there um so for the first round uh i guess i'll go first and then costa you can follow me and then tree can go third and then from then on whoever went 
uh, first. Uh, how did we do it before? If you won last, then you have to if go you, first the next round. Or yeah, if you won, if you won, you you go first. So. All right. So whoever gets first goes first, second, third, and then third. Yeah. All right. Very intuitive that is. All right. So we'll kick things off with white commons. Uh, and as I'll be going first, um, my uh, I after I played a couple of uh, like drafts in this format, I found the removal to be a little weird like some of it's very conditional for some of it and so the more non-conditional i tend to weigh very heavily so that's probably me a lot very more high up on my list and then it's just like removal and threats basically so cards that can win you the game or cards that can prevent your opponent from winning the game are basically my big criteria things and so for like my top white common is candle trap. Uh, I remember when we talked about this, like in spoilers, all right, this just seems like a fairly strong. It's like a single white mana gives a enchantment aura, gives a creature and opponent controls defender. And then also they can't deal any combat damage so they can block, but they won't kill your creatures. If you even want to swing into them, then if you have coven, so the three creatures with different powers, you can pay three mana and exile the enchanted creature. I just, it's my favorite white common in the set. Next up is Soul Guide Griff, which is the five mana three four flyer, which exiles a card from an opponent's graveyard on ETB. Uh, three four flyer that's just good and limited, and exiling a card from a. There's lots of flashback and disturb and that kind of thing. There's lots of also get stuff back from the graveyard cards in the set, so getting rid of that kind of stuff is good. Next up is Gavany Trapper. I love me a good tapper. Um, as uh, Samson has made the case for me in his untapped step story. Next up is search party captain. Uh, we gushed about that cleric that gained life and drew a card when ATB. Uh, this one's four mana, but it gets one cheaper for each creature that attacked this turn. So it can be a single white mana for a two, two that draws you a card in ATB. Uh, that source of card advantage is really strong and limited. My last one is Cathar commando three, one with flash and, you can pay one and sack it to destroy an enchantment or artifact. And it's just good. 2 1 or 3 1 with flash, being able to operate at instant speed, maybe hold up a removal spell or anything like that, or just get in a threat. It's just a very solid two drop. And I also want to mention this card. I have been gotten so many times with Flare of Faith for, uh, like Samson also mentioned in his untapped step. Just giving a creature indestructible and giant growthing it. Just. Killed my killed my creatures dead. Yeah, that card is pretty nice actually. Uh, is it my turn? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, funny enough, that card did not make my list. Uh, and even though uh, Samson is not taking into account the order of these cards, uh, I'm still gonna lay it out in this way. So my list uh, and how I determined it was again a combination of how often I'll see these cards. Uh, the, actually, it should be the strength of the card. How often I'll see the card. And then the overall value that I'm getting from the card. Um, so at number one, I chose Unruly Mob. Uh, that's just a two drop, I believe. Uh, I'll look, one in a white for a one one human that whenever another creature I control dies, I put a plus one plus one counter on it. Uh, then I have Gavany Trapper. Again, just like solid tapper. Candle Trap. Um, I think it's the best removal in white because of efficiency. 
search party captain for the reasons you explain it's a two two that draws a card um and even though four mana is like the worst rate still it's a body that'll um can enable your coven uh draw a card all that good stuff and the last card um i put in homestead courage uh i'm actually curious to hear y'all's input on this card in a little bit but uh that's just a one white mana for a sorcery that puts a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control it gains vigilance on a turn and then has flashback for one so um basically my list um uh, what i'm doing in white is i do want to control the the day and night cycles even though they don't have day and night cards um the white with the low efficiency uh cards that it has you're able to control that cycle which puts it in your advantage when you're trying to alpha swing um you know or trying to protect yourself and so uh, that's my top five list what about you mr tree what do you got for your top five white uh just to clarify for the listeners you mean uh low mana cost high efficiency but, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my top five, uh, the three that match up very well are the Trapper, um, or the actually the two, the Trapper and the Kendall Trap. Uh, obviously, very well explained earlier, but my three that differ are uh, Gavney Silversmith. It is a white and three um, that enters the battlefield as a two, three, and then puts a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two creatures. So Two creatures, each of them get one plus one plus one counter. Um, love that, that it helps set up for the Coven mechanic in white. That is very, very much uh, present there. The Search Party Captain, very similar, uh, is the same thing as as um, as Mike over there. But my my other pick is Clarion Cathars. It is um, just a three in white again for a three, three body, uh, but it also spits out a one, one human token. And I like the white because it needs bodies to make Coven work. And that adds two bodies, two different powers to fulfill Coven's two-thirds requirements. So all you need is one more creature that has Coven to, you know, to get that going. But all the honorable mentions are all the combat tricks um, from white, which is the Flare, um, the Homestead Courage that you mentioned, Costa. Um, the Vigilance is very, very relevant. Um, also the plus plus one counter that also helps enable Coven as well because there's a lot of one power and two power creatures in white that you want to get, you know, sort of that extra edge um, as well and the I, I kind of like that um, what's that one mana plus two plus zero lifeling and whenever it dies you get a one one spirit that is also a very good um, combat trick in white so Blessed Defiance Yes, Blessed Defiance, that, that one. So those are my thoughts on the white comments there. Is it too late for me to change my list? Because I like a bunch of the cards you all said. <laughs> so, right. Samson. It is too late to change your list. Darn it. <laughs> um, so everyone had some... Everyone agreed on, like, three cards. You guys are very much aligned on Gavany Trapper, Candle Trap, and Search Party Captain, which I think makes a lot of sense. Those are the cards that you're seeing a lot of playing. They're in every deck. Uh, it's very hard not to include them. Trapper is always good. Candle Trap is, is um, slightly better, slightly worse pacifism. And Search Party Captain replaces itself and enables Coven. 
Uh, what I was looking for was picking up on the covenant require the on two things. How much were people picking up on the need to enable coven, and how much were people picking up on how expendable creatures are in this set? And I think the person that found that embodied that the most is going to be Treesless, so he's going to get first here. Uh, I really like that he had Silversmith on here. That card is putting in a lot of work this set, suiting up little creatures making your flyers big enough to to win trades enabling coven it slices it dices and it's it's got that um uh that homestead courage on a body though i do like the vigilance that homestead courage has sometimes so big props there so tree squawking away with two points as i come to the costa and the mica list and just doing a once over one more time to compare the two uh, I'm going to give it to Costa for the Unruly Mob. Uh, that card's very strong. And there's a lot of d- decay just right off the back is easy. Your ants are dying. Um, we're going to see another card later on the list that's just really taking advantage of these like you died triggers. And Unruly Mob in any set with tokens gets a big bump, but it just needs one trigger to be a good card. So your opponent has to remove it. Uh, so Costa gets points number two. Uh, Micah, this was very close. You're the only person that put Soul Guide Griff, and that exiling from the graveyard is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to give it to the mob. If your Cather Commando had been another card, you would have edged it out. Honestly, it was like the top four, and I was like, I don't know, I'll throw a yeah. random card. I, I pro- you, As a- your Flare of Faith may have got you in because that card is putting in good work this set too. I really liked Unruly Mob. I just hate because it gets killed every time. You said they have to kill it or else it's going to get out of hand. I really really liked Homestead Courage. I really like that. I also like, what's the name of the stupid 2-3 that puts 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters? I really like that card too. I like them all more than I like Cathar Commando, but I didn't. I did this right before I went and played basketball on Tuesday Coast to get off. Oh, sports. And even though I didn't mention it, I would like to say that's another point I like to make out with the the Gavany mob and the Homestead Courage for the Coven. That is also something that's Mm -hmm. in consideration because Unruly Mob gets to a point where its power doesn't match up uh, to other creatures on the board. And then the Homestead Courage can trigger or, you know, be put on a creature then to enable it. So just something for the listeners to think about when they're picking. And at first you're disappointed that Trapper is a zero, but then you realize it's enabling Coven. Like you don't have any other zeros out there. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, like the most common is you usually have like twos and threes. Mm -hmm. So like zero ones and fours are usually very nice to have. But all right, that does it for white. So trees in the lead with two points. Kosa was with one and I have goose egg called my shot. I'm just going to say, but uh, we'll not be moving on to blue commons do we okay we're so we're doing the commons first yeah we're going all through commons wooberg and then we're going through all the uncommons we got it okay so my list for the top five commons in blue um uh, one that has very much impressed me is the drowning yard amalgam that is four in blue for a three six that enters the battlefield and target player mills so if you need to enable your own mill strategies you have it but if you need to mill them out for some reason you have it there but also it has the ability that says two in blue to make something, make it unblockable inside of a turn, which is if you need to get through, that's that's something, that's some way to do it. And it's a huge but. Three, six, you know, so it can block most things. Um, 
one thing, um, another or another creature I found very impressive was Lord Zombie. I played it um, in in my Blue White Spirits deck, but it sort of enabled me to keep fixing the top of my deck. Like if I liked it, bin it. Uh, if I didn't like it, I would bin it. If I liked it, I would keep it on top. Um, because what had the cover enabled, and I could get lots of creatures in the battlefield as well. So that really helped me. Um, Nemogas Herald. That is my other one. I forgot what that one was. <laughs> um, let's skip that for now. But Startle, phenomenal combat trick right there. It is minus two, minus zero, instant speed one in blue. Um, and it draws you a card, um, just like the, the one from Adventures of Forgotten Realms. Um, but it also adds the 2 2 decay token, which is very, very useful in a lot of these scenarios and a lot of scenarios. That you can imagine, like if you need to tap as, as it's an extra creature body to tap, it's an extra creature to attack with, or um, if you need to sacrifice it for a, another ability or something like that. Um, and my last one is Organ Hoarder, which is a three and blue for a three two that enters the battlefield. Look at the top three, put one card in your hand, and put the rest in the graveyard. So if you need something to enable your graveyard strategies, again, that is. And then you get to pick the best out of the three that you looked on top. So a um, anticipate effect, but it goes to the graveyard instead. Um, so that is my list. Um, let me find out what, what the bloody Nebel Gas Herald is uh, again. Uh, OK, well, that is an uncommon. So my bad on that list. OK, so let's just, I'm, I'm done for now. All right, seems so fair. <laughs> he wins because uh, that power level is way too good now. <laughs> no, all right, so for my list, um, I chose Gale Drifter. So that's uh, three and a blue for a three-two flyer that has Disturb for I think three and a, three and a blue, if I'm not mistaken, and then becomes a two-two. Uh, locked in the cemetery. So I think this is probably the best blue removal i mean there's not really any other removal cards but i mean if you want to think of like geist wave or something like that as removal or pseudo removal i just i think the efficiency of this card is really great again we're trying to um control the day and night cycle and so this card really allows uh, that to happen uh, unblinking observer uh i just found this card to be an efficient two one uh that honestly fits in a lot of different decks. The fact that it's a mana wrap, uh, mana ramper for your uh, disturb spells and instant sorceries is really nice that they tacked onto it. Um, so I, I just found this card to I trade when I need to trade, accelerate when I need to accelerate. Um, and again, just being efficient in its cost. Uh, then Bath Hook Angler. Um, so that's another one in a blue for a 2 1 that has Disturb uh, that turns into a 1 2 flyer. Nothing special, but um, I've noticed that just flying is kind of the name of the game here. And so when you combine it with other cards, uh, like my sorcery that I was talking about that puts a plus one plus one counter on it, it just becomes a, a real nuisance. Uh, and then Startle. Uh, again, I agree with Tree there the amount of uh, value you get from that card is pretty insane. Um, and combat tricks just seem to be kind of the star. 
I think compared to stats before, like combat tricks here really shine. And so being able to trade, make a body that you can either attack with, uh, which is like the worst case scenario, or use it for any other amounts of things that you can do here, like sacrificing it or whatever. It just, uh, it provides a lot. And then of course, drawing a card is drawing a card. So um, again, with my list, um, we're looking at efficiency for the blue, but we're also looking at um, just how much of a nuisance these cards are how much recursion keeps on happening like you know when you the gale drifter had it number one because even at a three two flyer that's not a really great rate for four mana you have to deal with it twice unless you have an exile spell so like cards like that just become inevitability that your opponent has to answer um and the same can be said with the rest of the cards but that's my top five list there for blue what do you got micah just the the gale drifters disturb is four in a blue just uh sorry four and a blue thank you but all right if i don't get this one i'm not gonna get any of them all right so i'm gonna start from the bottom up uh i was very upset that tree talked about larder zombie i was hoping i was gonna be the only one to talk about it. i freaking love this card um one three we talked about how one power if you have like green or white cards with your blue cards coven matters and one power helps that a lot uh three mana to surveil one every turn or not three mana three creatures no mana cost to surreal one is just i find that very good and then in the dedicated blue black zombies deck larger zombie can be a fun time it slows the game down one three body for one mana is solid next up i had organ hoarder uh he praised search party captain so like it's a four mana three two so an additional power but you get to anticipate instead of just drawing a card it's just very solid replaces itself in a very powerful way Next up, I had locked in the cemetery. Just, I said I uh, put a lot of emphasis on removal and locked in the cemetery. Uh, keep something tapped down. And if you have five cards in your graveyard, you get to tap it down for two mana. That's very solid. Next up, I have Falcon Abomination, which is two and a blue for a 2 2 flyer. And the ETBs, you make a 2 2 zombie with decayed. Uh, I love me a Windrake, but adding an additional body, which I can tap to my larder zombie or that gets pup- pumped by the black blue lord of that the black blue archetype um it's just a very solid card it's like it's actually my top two are like they're like 1a and 1b i'll get super excited if i see either of these in blue because my top card is revenge of the drowned three in the blue for an instant uh you choose target creature and then its owner puts it on top or bottom of its library and then you get to make a 2-2 zombie with decayed uh costa said that there was not a lot of removal I really like this because it's card neutral and sometimes can be even card advantage because then if you trade the 2-2 with something or you tap your 2-2 with like Siege Zombie, Larder Zombie, a card I'll talk about later. Um, Just getting that body for this while also dealing with one of their creatures. They either have to... There's a situation where if they have a good creature, right? you can delay it or you do it on their turn. They don't get a creature until their next turn or you can either have to have a bad draw or in that case where they put it on the bottom, it's just straight up removal. And so that is my list. Supreme Judge Samson, judge us. This one's fun. There's no card you all agreed on, which is surprising, honestly. And I keep I think, relooking to see if I'm wrong there, but no, there's no card you all agreed on. Well, they, they oh, we had all startle. three of us gotcha. Oh, no, because I, I yeah. didn't have startle. Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, I think and that's blue. The, oh, good. And that's the card. Startle is the card that I'm wondering, like, Michael, why'd you put Revenge of the Drowned over Startle? 
it's cheaper and similar and it draws a card. Uh, you're not wrong. This is an interesting uh, pick. Um, big points to every to the list that had Oregon Hoarder and recognizing that that card is stabilizing the blue cards and beating face when you need it to. It's, it's the decayed zombie that stayed. Uh, also, it's enabling a lot of disturbed uh, shenanigans here. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the points are going to go Costa, first place, uh, Tree, second, Micah, third. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I'm, right. I'm hella surprised. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, Costa picked up on like the power of these uh, disturbed parts, and along with that had card like Startle and Locked in the Cemetery. They're just going to go in every blue deck. They're just very strong. A uh, big shout out to calling out Bait Hook Angler. Um, when you get home, hug your bird collectors. Is it bird collectors or wing clipper? Bird admirers. When you get home, hug them. Because other than that and the spider, there's not a lot of reach. You really need to be fighting flying creatures with your own flying creatures. So uh, these board states are stalling out uh, because there's these, big, there's these big werewolves on each side. And both teams are going, okay, one of us isn't going to get removal and blow the other person out. But these flying creatures are doing a lot of work. So Costa gets the point there for having that, for noticing that these disturbed flying creatures are just killing people and having startled, which is very powerful. Um, I think Micah's, I'm sorry, I think Tree's List is going to age the best because uh, I think Drown Yard Amalgam is probably a card we're all sleeping on to fix that board state issue. And he's just in 2008, not 2000 and late. He had Oregon Horror. Hoarder, he had startle. Um, Micah, it's that revenge of the drowns not being a startle. Like you have every other card locked in very well. And then when I compare it to Trees list, I don't like Trees Nebblegast Herald. Uh, Sorry, that was a hard moment. It should be locked in the cemetery. Everyone's just like you everyone's just like, you let that man get through with a Nebblegast Herald. You don't have the locked in the cemetery. But we I think we can't forget that locked in the cemetery does not tap down their creature unless you have five or more creatures. Normally, like you're right, you're playing it on their tap creature. So they do get to hit you with it one time. Five cards in your graveyard. Correct. It's a five also, cards five creatures. It's five cards? It's five cards in your graveyard. Cards, yeah. And also, I've done about a dozen drafts of this. Uh-huh. I have yet to see or cast a startle in any game. Really? Really? Yes. That is super surprising. Well, I, I will be actually... I'm going to actually agree with micah here no one has casted startle against me but when i cast startle against them they eat they eat it pretty I, hard when, when i was when i was looking at it and it's like, oh it draw a combat trick that draws a card because we like coast and i talked about what's the stupid green card we talked about the combat yeah, trick the, that conditionally draws a card yeah might uh, whatever I, yeah I, I hope someone has that on their list later but um i was like okay that's that's solid i still think you're sleeping on revenge of the drown that card's sick revenge of the ground is good i just feel like it's like younger cooler brother is in the younger um because like i don't know i'm really liking the revenge of the drown they're like i'm gonna put it on top of my deck and you're like oh cool drown yard amalgam bottom of your deck put in the graveyard man like that combos here i'm liking it it's one of those little i I love finding the tips and tricks and sets and that's one of the cool ones that people aren't that people are catching up to now like i'm very much aware that if i top deck and i'm probably putting it in my graveyard if my opponent knows what they're doing Uh, I was very close. Uh, we both or, shout out to Oregon Hoarder. All right, so 
I don't know if y'all are noticed, but I'm putting the score in the Zencaster chat. So we've got Costa with three, Tree with three, and Micah with the big goose egg. And I'm going to stick to the rules I said before. <laughs> All right. So was, what was the rules for? <laughs> I'm not going to argue too much. I mean, I got myself all salty before the podcast. There we used to make myself even more sodium heavy. But yeah. all right. So Costa, since you won the previous round and y'all are tied first, you will be going first. This when we say our top black commons. Sure. Kick us off. All right. So I have a number one eaten alive, such as one black mana for a sorcery um, exile target creature. And then you can sacrifice a creature instead to I was wait. Well, I totally butchered that. So one black mana sorcery. Uh, you may sacrifice a creature if not pay. What is it like three in a black or something like that or four more? Uh, three, it's in a black. three in a black. Yeah. So five total exile target creature. So. <laughs> now that we've gotten through that that's number one and number two olivia's ambush so it's one in a block for an instant uh target creature gets minus two minus two and if it's night it gets minus three minus three uh at number three i have vampire interloper so it's one in a block for a two one flying vampire uh that cannot block uh at number four i have hobbling zombie so it's two in a block for a two two death toucher and then when it dies you make a two two decayed uh zombie and then at number five, I have a static awakener. So it's one in a block for a one, one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where are you at? That's correct. Thank you for one, one. Um, and then it has an activated ability. So for two in a block, uh, you sacrifice another creature uh, and then transform it. And when it transforms, it becomes a four, four, just a four, four. So um, kind of the idea behind here is that the removal is king black has the best removal um and then they're because you're making decayed zombies um a lot of these cards at least for like eating alive hobbling zombie ecstatic awakener like they all kind of interlock with each other and so um just having access to i, I like i think eating alive is the best because it exiles uh which is getting rid of disturbed creatures um just things of that nature and we have like uh revival dryads revival which can bring back a card there's just too many things to bring back creatures so this permanently takes care of that um but yeah that's my list i should just also be said that ecstatic awakener when you sack it you also get to draw a card oh yes yeah, so, sorry. It, so it's I not I, card negative yes yeah, sorry i thought i uh I think that was just kind of assumed, but yes, that's yeah. also the big reason for that. Card. <laughs> uh, Tree, what do you got? I have pretty much the same list as you, and um, I'm thinking more about it now. Uh, if I could change the list, uh, I would change out my No Way Out for the Vampire Interloper, uh, and then it would be the exact same list. However, I do love the Mind Rot effects in Limited, at least. Um, and in this case, with No Way Out, you also get that that zombie, the decayed token. Uh, I'm thinking more about the Vampire Interloper because obviously it's a, a 2-1 flyer. It, is, it gets down early, it beats early, and it enables the, the black, uh, black red vampire um, life triggers. So that's mm. why it's going to be, uh, I would change it out if I could. But again, I do like the, the mine rot effects. Everything else you said is perfectly fine. The fact that that mine rot has the decayed zombie make, I mean, I can understand why it's on the list. So it's pretty good. Yep. Card sick. All right, Micah, it's down to you. Oh, I got a little bit more different than you guys. So I also have eaten alive. I also have Olivia's midnight ambush, but I also added defenestrate, which is two in a black instant destroy target creature. that doesn't have flying. 
there's there's a not insignificant amount of flyers, which is why Coast is probably right in saying eaten alive or Olivia's been that ambush is a better removal spell. But I'm just so hard up for removal that uh, I'll scoop up a defenestrate whenever I see it. If I'm in black, uh, I have more crit behemoth four and a black for a seven six with menace. But whenever uh, to cast, it, you either have to pay an additional one to black or sacrifice a creature. You get you have all those zombies, uh, the decayed zombies. So you have a lot of sack fodder whenever you're in black, uh, and it's basically the biggest common creature in limited. And I've lost a lot of games to my opponent having a more crit behemoth and I'm not being able to deal with it. And I've won a lot of games with a behemoth and my opponent not being able to deal with it. And my last one is I picked a different black two drop. I picked Siege Zombie. So there's zombie archetype, so there's zombie matters, but it has tap three untapped creatures. Each opponent loses one life. So if you have a surplus of the decayed zombies who can't actually attack because they'll just die and not get any damage, you just tap them all to deal damage. Costa actually um, alerted me to this strategy on last week's podcast. I and sure did. Whenever you, it's like, obviously having multiple of them are kind of redundant because you just, it's not a tap ability. You just tap it as part of the cost. Uh, so, but having just, I was at one point where I was able to deal like three damage a turn with just a siege zombie. And I like vampire interloper. I just found siege zombie to be better late game. So what I'm hearing, Micah, is that you oh. want to stick this into your your popper commander deck. Yeah, King Narfi, let's go. <laughs> I want Nar I want Sea Zombie. I want more Crypt Behemoth. I want what's the two two you talked about, Coast? The death touching guy that hobbling zombie. I, I, lo- I like hobbling. But also my honorable mention, which is crawl from the cellar. Which is single oh, black yeah. mana, return a creature from your graveyard to your hand. And you also like to put a plus one plus one counter on a zombie. Mm-hmm. which you have all the decayed ones. You have a seed zombie. You have the zombie. He's not really a lord. He's more of a duke because he only has plus one. But so you have him. There are loads of zombies in the set. And then you can flash it back for three and a black. That so is pretty that's good. A, it's also, it doesn't, you don't need to be in a zombie deck for it. You get incidental value in that case because mm-hmm. you'll have a few zombies sometimes. But just the double raise dead is quite good when you want to get your big boom booms back. Mm, that's rare. Hello, everybody. Uh, Hi. We're, not, we're not going to let um, Micah have honorable mentions because he won because uh, he put Crawl from the Cellar in his list. Even though he has Murkhead Behemoth, which I think we're going to find is a very medium card in this set, uh, just due to the amount of removal, the bounce, uh, you are sacking um, this, like just a card you want to die or a, a decay zombie to it a lot of the time, but it does get faded. Um, he, his description on Siege Zombie was, was very, very powerful and he's correct. There are, like we said, there are board stalls and those mana list, Hey, I'm tapping you down. I'm tapping, I'm tapping ants to do this. I'm tapping zombies because you can't swing out because I'll eat you alive with decay zombies next turn. Just pinging down your opponent is very powerful in this set. Um, and it's also offsetting a very powerful white card in this set, the one one that's gaining people life uh, in the long run. You are kind of taking some of that back. So Mike, you got first here. Uh, Tree, you you know why you got last here? It's because it's because Costa has the vampire interloper. Um, so being riding back the clock, no way out is great. Uh, those minor artifacts are very powerful. That minor artifact is very powerful, especially because it makes a decay zombie. But that vampire interloper is putting in good work as that 3-2 that drains your opponent. 
And when it's in the vampire deck, it's also very powerful. So we're giving it to uh, Micah Costa Tree. All right. So that leaves Costa at four points, Tree at three, and myself with two. Uh, and I feel like I just want to agree with something Sam said earlier, where I think Black has the best commons in the set, just because they have three solid removal spells. And yeah. They're very nice. Else. They play into all their art types very well. Um, and it's really awesome that they made uh, get kicked to a window card. I'm surprised yeah, they really talk about how it's seemingly narrow. Sometimes it has that. It doesn't kill the things you need to kill. But like 90% of the time, it kills the things you need to kill. Yeah, they really help your Morkrut behemoth get in there. Uh, so, uh, are we doing it you're, by you're the previous going. round? Yes. I'm going, going first? first. Yeah. Okay. All right. We are on to red commons. And first up, I have Moon Ranger's Slash, which is two and a red for an instant. Deals three damage to any target, but if it's nighttime, it costs two less. So it's Nightning Bolt, as I heard someone affectionately call it. And I love that nickname. Uh, it's good removal. Uh, next up, I have Burn the Accursed. Four and a red for an instant deals five damage to target creature and two damage to target creature's controller. So it's like Faraday's fireball, but you always get to roll the positive effect. Uh, if you're in red, it's just it kills most things, but um, there's a exile. lot. There's a oh yeah, and it exiles. So if you there's that stupid three six in blue, it doesn't kill that, and then there's like it doesn't kill more crap behemoth. Wink wink. Um, but yeah, I like burn the accursed. Uh, next up, uh, Mounted Dread Knight, which is four and a red for a five, four trample. But if an opponent lost life this turn, it enters with a plus one, plus one counter. So it could be a five mana, six, five with trample, uh, threats are a premium in this set. And this is just a very good, solid one. Uh, even if you have a five, four trample, that's just fine for five mana. Uh, next up I have Lambolt Harrier. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I was reaching for these last couple, uh, it's a bear, so you know it's fine. Uh, two mana, two two is fine and limited. But in the late game, being able to like, all right, this creature can't block. Now I get to swing in uh, with my more crit behemoth and kill you because you only have one blocker. So um, it's fine early game, but it's a fine mana sink to end the game later. And then the last one is uh, stolen vitality because of reasons. Uh, I kind of wanted to put the threaten effect now. No wait, kind of. Uh, Judge, I'd like to request permission to change my <laughs> last common. Uh, I'm getting no. All right. Too late. All right. Yeah. So it's a uh, soul vitality is a combat trick. It's one to red for an instant target creature. Gets plus three plus one till end of turn. And if it's your turn, the creature gets trample. Otherwise it gets first strike. So it makes it a super blocker or a super attacker. Uh, I've gone blown out once or twice by this. I lost to this card once. Um, I guess I just won't because one of y'all might say it. And if it doesn't get mentioned, I'll mention it whenever the round's over. But yeah, so that's my list. Uh, so, Costa, you're up. I would just like to say I, I love this judge. He's like <laughs> he's like the judge that LeBron hates. I always forget his name, but it's like he's consistent by the rules and yet inconsistent. I'll give Michael the win for uh, mention, <laughs> and no, he cannot change the car. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I hope you love him because he was one of your groomsmen. I, I, mean, well, I made our, it very clear. We can I mean, never let him have answer. an honorable mention again. Also, yeah, you guys yeah. had the same list minus one card. So it was very easy to point yeah, out Micah's list, but he keeps going back to this Murkut behemoth like it's a good card. <laughs> I, I swear. I'll swear by it. I'll swear by it. 
Anyways, so I don't think there's much of a surprise here. Both me and Micah have a Moon Ranger Slash and Burn of the Accursed. Uh, don't really need to say much. Um, I will just add, since I said it, it exiles a creature, which is pretty relevant there. Um, then for number three, I have Ardent Elements. Uh, uh, sorry, Elementalist. I can't talk. Uh, so that is three in a red, I believe, for a 2-1. Yeah, 2-1 Human Shaman. Uh, when ETBs return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand, uh, just being able to recur, uh, moon slashes and the curse of the hollow, whatever, like just very powerful. And then if you're in black, then you're just abundant of, uh, embarrassment of riches as far as, uh, your removal spells and whatnot. Uh, at number three, or sorry, number four, I have festival crusher. So that's just one in a red for a one, three devil. Um, and then every time you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it gets plus two plus O until end of turn. Uh, this card actually fits into many archetypes, uh, red, black, red, blue. Funny enough, it fits into red, green. I sent Micah a list um, and I actually base it off of triggering. Um, I, I don't know if you want to call this spellcraft or like pseudo prowess or whatever, but I based that deck off of doing that and Festival Crasher did tons of work. So that's at number four. And then the last card, Electric Revelation. Uh, that's just two in a red for an instance uh, as additional cast uh, cost to cast this card. You discard a card, draw two cards, and then has a flashback for three in a red. Um, this card doesn't seem like much. We have plenty of this style of effect, but the fact that uh, it has flashback on it allows late game, um, you know, things when you're top decking lands. Now you have a way to pitch that land for something else triggers all the, like I said, spellcraft, uh, shenanigans you got going on um it just does a lot of work and i I think every deck should have one so um yeah i think the only other thing i wanted to add in there was that two one the elementalist uh that card has just done so much work and same thing as like the festival crasher like they fit into all the archetypes like i I was actually very surprised how well that card played out but anyways tree what do you got so uh, just a uh, disclaimer that I did not really get to play with red too much. And uh, my list isn't as well refined as you, yours, your two. Okay. Um, but obviously moon rages your slash three damage, lightning, lightning bolt, whatever. Uh, I do have mountain dread knight just because I like the fact that you can have a six, five chapter for five or a five, four chapter for five is also totally fine. It gets it blocks big things in green as well. So you're if you're red against green, that's perfectly against that. Otherwise, you just smash through a lot of the smaller um, creatures on their side. Um, I do like combat tricks in red. The stolen vitality has blown me out as well, and I've blown people out with it. The uh, you get to you know defensively make it to where you your creature lives, you know, and you kill a huge creature of theirs, which is extremely extremely relevant um i have famished foragers and that is a three and red for a i forgot is it four three and then when it i don't remember if it's four three or not but you get to (laughs) if you if your opponent was dealt damage this turn then or lost life you get to add three red and they'd be able to play two spells in one turn um is really really good on turn four when you want to curve out um so having that ability to play for two spells for like basically 
a mini, a one-time um, fires of invention or something like that uh, is really powerful. Um, and then my last card, if my page wouldn't load as well, um, I would have, you know, seen burn the accursed and then used that. But it was immolation, plus two, minus two for one. It is still a fine removal spell. Um, it's a shock, basically, at a sorcery speed. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes it's a buff for your creatures, and that can get through that the last few points of damage or get that block out of the way that you need. Um, and but yeah, uh, I, I would just like to say uh, emulation. I think is a fantastic card. In fact, I'm I'm very very salty that it's not a sorcery or instant. I think it's my only thing about this card that is really interesting to me because. The minus two, like since all your like, let's say you're like you're in red white or whatever, your spirits are your own spirits are dying, so you can't pump up a spirit to get an extra damage, which is really odd to me. So I felt like this should have been instant sorcery. But Mike, I think you're on the same page or something. Yeah, uh, immolation was the card I wanted to switch because uh, <laughs> normally I, it was a card where because uh, we didn't go through like all the cards like we did the past couple sets, Costa, right. and so I had it cast against me. I was like, what is this? enchantment shock business going on here <laughs> and so uh and there's a, quite a bit that has like one or two toughness in the set yeah, so yeah. it's a perfectly fine removal spell and you know you want to put it on your Morcret behemoth that has nine power now and goes to town with menace uh but uh also one thing i wanted to point out all right samson i need you to get used to it this is going to be a bit for the rest of the episode um the Maybe, famous 15 points from gryffindor <sighs> Good thing I'm not in Gryffindor. Uh, Famous Foragers also has two in red, discard a card, draw a card. So you can ETB um, activate yeah, it. Yeah, and also but also it's just fine. You like top deck a land late game. Okay, I can uh, rummage this away. Yes. But, all right, those are our list, Mr. Supreme Judge Sir. Judge us. So the fun thing here is you each had a card that I think probably should have replaced other cards on your list. Uh, funny enough, the person here who has the most all-around list is Micah, so he's going to get first here because uh, he has the Lambold Harrier, and that card's really good. A lot of the things we're talking about Red doing, removing a creature, getting a creature out of the way, so they're just tapping out to make the card they were hoping would stabilize them be unable to block. And it's like, yo, this Lifelinker's going to save me. It's like, no, the Lifelinker's not going to save you. You're dead. Um, and he, he, had the med, he had the Dread Knight. He sees the Stolen Vitality. Um, it's interesting because it becomes a game of ardent elementalist uh, versus like famished foragers. Uh, I think we all see that like immolation is in this weird spot. It's good and you should be playing it, but it is an enchantment and that's strange. Um, and I really like that Coast has electric revelation, but I'm going to give Costa the third here because electric revelation is really good. Ardent Elementalist is much better than I think a lot of these lists are giving credit for, and he probably deserves it. But Tree's list is very well-rounded here as well because of that Famished Forager and the fact that Immolation is just very playable, albeit weird. Um, also, Festival Crasher is great, very playable, becomes a 3-3, three, three, uh, but it is that conditional, like, did you play a spell? Are you multi-spelling? Like, what are you doing here? Um, so I'm going to give it to Micah Tree Costa. Uh, I really like Costa's list, though. I, I'm sad that normal people don't have Ardent Elementalist, and I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, did this thing, Ardent Elementalist, really get bumped off other people's list for some of these cards? 
I love me a good Archaeomancer, but man, if I draw this thing and I have nothing in my graveyard to get back with it, because I haven't drawn any of my removal spells yet, I'm I just get tilted. And I was like, it's a great card. And I also like the whatever, the one three, whatever with the, the Festival Crusher. The, yeah, the not kiln fiend. Um I guess I just don't I'll, run into the I get what you're saying. I guess I don't run into that situation as much because especially if we go back to our list beforehand, a lot of us are running efficient sorceries and instance. So if you're running into that, then I think it's more of a bad string. But I get what you're saying. Like a two one for yeah. four like totally it's, sucks. Yeah, it's like the hey, chump blocked a creature for me. Um it's like because there's like there's like it's like all right, play this, get that removal spell, kill your creature, now you're dead. So the highs of that card are really up there. Yeah. Double defenestrate, double burn the accursing your opponent. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Anything that's playing into those graveyard recursions mm-hmm. is very strong here. Uh, but I think a few the list kind of called out some of those uh, some of the really strong cards that are kind of like waiting in the rings, like Landbolt Harrier and the Pestilent Wolf are the two two drops. Like I hate to see the most on turn two because I don't want to kill them and they're right on the edge of like you probably need to deal with me with another card is a card i wanted to mention because i don't really understand um like i can't intellectually comprehend because it seems like it's fine is voldaren stinger Mm. single red for a one one that has first strike as long as it's attacking and you can pay two in red to give it plus two plus oh that card does really well because it don't it Mm -hmm. it kind of it always trades up i mean that's what it's kind of designed we saw it's designed right coast of bad me up here but i feel like it's designed to just always trade up right it always trades up and it also makes your opponent always think about okay am i getting blade branded here or mm-hmm. just any combat trick i mean the first strike is very relevant on that card and going back to what tree said earlier about activating red blacks vampire deal life to cause an ability it's just a perfect outlet um to enable those kinds of things so yeah, for me, I was like with threat of activation, ended up just turning into a one mana pinger. Um, yeah. So that gives us a tie game. All of us have four points moving into our final common section. So we have green. I'll be kicking things off. Uh, number one, Dawn Heart Rejuvenator. Three and a green for a two four. That any ETBs, you gain three life and it taps to add a mana of any color. Going from like four to six in your mana is pretty strong there's a i don't know why i got a really weird string of ripping the tovalar's hunt master the rare and i just scooped up all my dawn heart rejuvenators after drafting that of course you want to make these decisions based on the rares you get but there's a, a lot of there's big green creatures newsflash but i love dawn heart rejuvenator also gain three life in a two four body is really good whenever your opponent's going a little weenie wide and can get you back in the game uh next up i have harvest stride sentry the two mana three one that if you have Coven, it cannot be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Um, there's a series of plays that I'll mention in the green uncommon section. But this card has done a lot of solid work. It can trade up. Uh, it also trades down as 3-1, but if you're just if you're not attacking with it, you get to choose how you block with it. But it also just gets in a lot of damage. Like if they have a bunch of weenie creatures, all right, it's unblockable. Let's go. Next up, I have Duel for Dominance, which is one in a green for an instant. It's a fight spell, but if you have Coven, you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature you're having fight. It's fine removal. Uh, it's gotten stuck in my hand a few times just because my creatures weren't really big enough to support a fight spell as my main mode of removal, but it's still fine if you've got big stuff. Uh, Shadow Beast Sighting, which is a 
four mana for make a four four and you can flash it back for six mana uh six I mana, I believe. seven yeah you're right seven six, six in the green, green. Yeah. yeah uh even though the flashback is expensive that's it's limited and that's just getting that kind of value off your cards is great and four mana four four is just perfectly fine and last up uh i have uh candlelit calvary which is a five mana five five that conditionally has trample if you have coven um it's fine uh i don't like a lot of the <laughs> other green commons but i mean it's five mana five five it's fine uh so i believe tree is next up yes um so i have a very similar list i love donhart rejuvenator and any kind of multicolor deck um because obviously it taps for any color it helps the multicolored decks stabilize with the, the three life gain. It has a big body, uh, a two four body. Um, Kenilit Cavalry uh, is fantastic because it's a five mana five five. You know those are always fine and limited, but the trample makes it incredibly good. And it actually one of the biggest creatures in the entire limited set <clears throat> in the common slot. Um, dual phenomenon is normal. It's a fight, and then if you have coven, you get to get um, that extra counter. Um, I have Mites of the Old Ways. I love the Coven mechanic for some reason because I've only been playing with it because that's all I was drafting. Um, but like the plus two plus two is fine, you know, for two mana that's great. But then being able to have that option to plus pump your creature, even if you don't have Coven yet, you can make it the plus two plus two, and then you'll have Coven after that. You draw that extra card, get through. It's, it replaces itself fairly easily if you, as long as you have three creatures um and then i picked i actually like the the tireless hauler um it is a four uh four and a green for a four or five vigilance which is one of the reasons why i like it um i it flips a day bound or it has day bound night bound um and it becomes a six six and i mean pounding in for six is just incredibly good an honorable mention is the is I probably has, has should make the top five common list is the bird admire because you need the reach green blacks reach so terribly much but that is my list. Toast nice. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for number one, I also have Darnhar Rejuvenator. Um, kind of we've listed everything. Uh, I think I would just like to point out the the gaining the life is relevant. So. Um, and then mana fixing green offers it the best of, uh, I feel like along with some of the artifacts, uh, shadow be sighting at number two, again, four, four, uh, for five mana is that we said, and then another four, four for seven mana. So, um, or four, 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 and then four, 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 seven, um, number three, I actually have bird admirer, um, can't really, uh, explain this enough that ha needing a, a reacher in green or some way to deal with the flyers uh, constantly and uh, this creature does it very well i mean one four stone walls like almost all the disturb if not all the disturb cards um, and so blue and white really have to answer this card uh, at number four i have path to the festival um, so i'm kind of mixed always between ramp how necessary is it for um you know it really depends on the archetype and whatnot 
Um, what I've found is that you really don't want to splash super hard, but Path to the Festival really allows that and also scries. So, um, you know, in theory, you know, you're going green X color, search X color that enables the scry ability and then has flashback. And so in my next couple of turns, I'm really outpacing uh, my opponent and you know y'all got to witness or at least samson and micah got to witness uh just before we got on the cast my draft and where i was like at seven mana by turn four playing all my big bomby threats while my opponent was still trying to kind of get back into the game um, and so path to the festival really enables that and again at flashback it's just triggering you know multiple things there's a there's a green rare like a one one which i didn't really care for that card at first but uh every time a, a card leaves the graveyard um it's it's a plus one plus one counter and so i've found those kind of synergies to be really great and then uh my last card is uh harvest tide century uh again three one trades coven does everything so um i don't know i it's kind of funny that you don't care for green that much mike i actually found green to be the color so black is the color that i think i gravitate to the most but green i actually feel pretty safe um so i usually end up green black but i've only done like four or five drafts so um i don't know i i love me some green Mm-hmm. Uh, I just found like a lot of like the big dorky idiots to be like, I don't really care if I get the candlelit Calvary or the werewolf one. Mm, There's enough. just a lot of replaceable cards there. Sure. Yeah. Like, but green, if I'm in, in my ideal scenario, I'd rather like green and black is my go-to combo right now. Yeah. I, I like that one the most. Well, that uncommon in there is pretty mm. sick. So, and give me all the top four. And then I'm like, all right, I can find some big creatures, like whether it be Candlelit Calvary, the werewolf, or even a Mooncrypt Behemoth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Samson, Judge. Uh, you guys Judge. beat me to something I thought was going to be interesting, which is that some of the green, I feel like green gets us a lot. Like some of the five drops are replaceable. Uh, and sometimes you even want to play like your big cards in other colors because they just do more. They never want green to be too big and too trampoly. Um, so that actually puts trees list at the bottom because my old ways and tireless holler are end up being replaceable to other cards you can play. I do like my old ways drawing a card. I'm wondering how powerful that's going to be in later sets, but I'm playing that card lower than some other cards. But I do love you have Dual for Dominance, Candlelit Calvary. I just, the thing that hurts that list is Candlelit Calvary and Tireless Holler there. And they are similar. They're dealt with the same way. They have the same impact. Um, everyone had Don Hart Rejuvenator, of course. Uh, I'm surprised the Harvest Eye Gentries are getting on here. Um, but it is, it is often trading up as a 3-1. I feel like it's blocking a lot. And if your opponent misses a land drop, uh, it trades with every. It trades with most things in the format. Um, giving this one to Costa for first because he has the Bird Admirer. Uh, the Path of the Festival is strong. Uh, I do like that Michael has Dual for Dominance, uh, which is just premium combat trick. Uh, Micah has an overall better list, but I actually really like the reasoning Costa has for his list. He's got a good read on the format with the fact that okay, cool. If I'm playing Bird Admirer. I'm stopping these aggressive de- these these flying decks from blowing me out. I'm stopping that vampire, that two one from killing me every turn. Path is accelerating me into these big green blue flashback cards. 
Uh, it's getting some incremental scry. I get to do it twice if the board stalls. It's thinning out my deck, getting my third color. Uh, so I'm going to go Costa Mica here. I will say that uh, I'm, when Micah interluded earlier about someone better have might have the old ways on there. Funny enough, the only reason why I didn't, uh, I don't know if this is the only reason why I didn't make my list, but um, I can't comment on the card because out of all the drafts, I have only seen it like as an actual pick for me once. And it was going against, I think, like some black removal card. So I actually haven't seen that card enough. So I'm a little disappointed because uh, when we talked about it on our little uh, preview i i think that card's really strong i just haven't been able to play with it so it's, i find it kind of funny because i said that because i was like i don't think it's a card that would actually fit the list but um i guys the reason i think it's funny because i remember like last week i mentioned it's like man coven's super easy to hit it's just like so i was so you're constantly drawing a card but it's like then i'm like kind of down on it because i already conditionally draws a card but that condition is usually met a lot of the time and it meet and it, and it sometimes it boosts the creature to meet the condition. So, but I, I, all right. So there was one time it was it was one of the first drafts I did. I got kind of confused because I had might of the old ways and um, duel for dominance, and I got him confused. Uh, <laughs> oops, <laughs> that, that's okay. a, that's a mistake. Yeah. So okay, like, my something I, with dominance. Oh, what? Some something I didn't call out that also hurt uh, trees list shadow be sighting is like the second or third best player on whatever team sport you're on where when you have him everything just runs real smoothly but when you don't it's like dang why are we really struggling out here tonight you guys like he's a solid scotty pippen he's really scott he's just that he's that rebounder he makes he never misses a layup he's just good I know people don't want their basketball analogies in their fantasy waifu universe, but no, they do because we've been talking. Football. We talked about football for ten minutes last yeah. week. Yeah, the <laughs> fighting is really nice, and your opponent goes, "Dang, I got to deal with this." Like, what about his older brother? It's like, dang, you are gonna play this card twice, aren't you? All right. Yeah. So, at the end of commons, Coast is in the lead with six. I have five, and Tree has four. All right. So moving on to uncommons, we're going to be kicking things off with White in Costa. I believe you are first up. Yes, sir. So I have Borrow Time, Sunset Revelry, Revelry. Gosh, I cannot talk today. And Ritual of Hope. I guess I should uh sorry, I'm just like speeding through these. Uh, let's go back to Borrow Time. So that's a uh, two and a white for an enchantment. When Borrow Time enters the battlefield, exile target non-line permanent and opponent controls until t- Borrow Time leaves the battlefield. Then I had Sunset Revelry to Sorcery for one and a white. If an opponent has more life than you, you gain four life. An opponent controls more creatures than you, creates human uh, white humans. And if an opponent has more cards than you, draw a card. And then for my last card, I said Ritual of Hope. Yeah, somewhere up here. Da, 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 da. There we go. Ritual of Hope. One and a white for an instant. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until on a turn. But if you have Coven, they get plus two, plus one instead. So uh, my reasoning here is with the body of cards that you have in white, um, what are your what are your support cards or what pushes white over the top? And so um, Borrow Time being the best removal in white, um, you know, gets damaged through ritual of hope. Again, uh, Micah alluded to it earlier that Kevin is pretty easy to uh, achieve. And so adding an extra, you know, damage on top of it, uh, really pushes your damage through in your white decks. And then, 
uh sunset revelry man that card has just done absolute work um getting the two bodies i think is like the best thing because it helps stabilizes and the way you can sequence the turn sometimes you can get your two bodies and then add more to the board and so you just have a plethora of bodies but then the four life enjoying cards a real deal so that's my top three uh is it who's next micah micah you're next all right, so I have two of the same cards. Uh, number one is Borrowed Time. It answers everything. I've yet to actually see it playing, uh, played, playing, played, played, whatever, in a game, but it's Banishing Lights, Functional Reprint. It's good. Uh, I also have Ritual of Hope, two mana for plus two, plus one to your team. Card has ended a lot of games. My, But the one difference I have is I have Gavany Dawn Guard, which is one white, white for a 3-3 three, three human soldier with Ward 1. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as Gavany Dongard enters the battlefield. And whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you look at the top four cards of your library, you reveal a creature card with mana value three or less from among them and put them in your hand. The rest go on the bottom. So it's a three mana, three, three. That's solid. Ward one, that can be super annoying for your opponent. But the first time I played against this card, it got the guy like three different creatures. If it's just sitting there on the board, you can get in day and nights just going on. It's just like, because it incidentally happens. So a three-man three three that instantly just gets you creatures is is very good, but it, it ended up beating me. <laughs> and I, I got the chance to play it, and it immediately ate uh, a four-mana Moon Rangers Lightning Bolt slash thing. Yeah, so um, that is my list. Treat. So um, I didn't want to include Borrowed Time on this uh, just because I'm Every, it's going to be the premium removal spell on on the white uncommon list. Almost everyone's going to pick it. Um, uh, I do like the the Dawn Guard pick, uh, but when I play with it, it just felt so clunky that like you have to have it flip to get the Dust Watch Recruiter effect. But then it's but it is a target that they have to answer. Um, so I think it, it is a good one. I, I I drafted two of them and I had like or I got two of them in the sealed and it was really phenomenal. Not really, because I never got to play it. But, uh, and then Sunset Revelry off of your list, Costa, um, I find, uh, yes, it is good. It is like two-thirds of a timely reinforcement. Um, but the the amount of times that when you're coming into uh, using it, you're already behind in one of those aspects. So it's like you're trying to catch up, and if you're already behind, and if you have to fulfill all three of them, sure, it might help a little bit, but you might be in a situation where you're already behind and you don't really want that effect when you want something else, like a borrowed time in that case. Um, so for my three, um, I have Ambitious Farmhand. Um, it is a one in white uh, for a 1-1 one, one that gets uh, planes, uh, basic planes into your hand from your from your library. Um, I loved it. It has uh, gotten me out of so many mana screws uh, from a starting hand. <clears throat> and then also when it uh, you can if you have coven you can pay one white white to flip into a three three lifelink which is lifelink is insane um my, my second pick is beloved beggar it is a i think also one in white uh, it is a zero four with disturb uh four white white and then to disturb you cast it in the graveyard for the back half and it is a sarah angel on the back half and having a full fly later in the game is great. It's a chop blocker, or it can stall the board really, really early on, and I love it. You know, it's it's done me such uh, such good. And then one I haven't got to play with, but I saw it used against me was Dual Craft Trainer. 
it is three and a white for a three three first striker and it, if it's coven you get to put a one one counter on no, no, something no no a creature gets double strike so you can just sit back with that and then you start sending in all your other creatures a double strike and they're going to have to just keep blocking or they're going to like get smashed in the face for a lot of damage so those are my things um, judge, uh, opponent, just disparage mine and my comrade's list for the first three quarters of his time. I, I was going to say, we probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's not nah, who cares? He, he needs um, to make a case. Who cares? Um, he, cause it's part of his case. Um, and I agree with oh. that. Um, Costa, uh, I can't get behind a car like Sunset Revelry. I, I don't like cards you play from behind. Uh, it might be Perfect. my lack of experience in a, in a format, uh, you know, I'm I'm team. You know, crush your enemies. See their women and children driven before you, and you know, on the draw, it's like, hey, of course you're ahead of me because you played a card before I didn't. I didn't block, so you couldn't blow me out on turn two or three. Now I get to catch up. Um, but that card does nothing if you're ahead. Uh, like we we sometimes say, like some cards are win more. We sometimes say that. Uh, some cards are functional reprints, but that card, if you are winning, you draw the card, you you drew you drew you didn't even draw a land, you drew nothing. Um, uh, treat. I, I don't get why you don't have borrow time. I think it's uh, just like you haven't played against it, and you your point is correct. Like everyone's gonna have it on the list. I wish this was like a top five list, or that we said it was like top two to four, or top two to five. But you gotta have borrow time. It's just so good. Uh, there is enchantment removal in white and green. That's very non-incidental and is very main deckable. Um, so sometimes it does get blown up, but uh, the effect is just very strong. There's a lot of cards that just come out and say, hey, by the way, I will win the game in one turn. And then it just ends up spinning in La La, into Fairy's La La Land for three years or eight turns. Um, Gavany Dongard. Uh, wins and it's going to give Mike the first place here because it is a card that has to be removed. My, uh, Tree is going to get second uh, because the beggar has this like invisible text on it that says I'm I'm a card that wants to die uh, because once I do for whatever reason once you hit me with that giant trample werewolf and I die and that's okay I am now a flying four four vigilance creature that probably wins my opponent the game. It scares me in the same way that like um that gargoyle from the last set does that had you had to get to an entire dungeon to um give it power because once it was online it was great and you could equip it so micah tree costa i would like to say this for for the for the listeners this is not obviously because i got last place but i would just like them to know um because you did say you haven't really played with the card samson sunset revelry Oh no, I I I've seen the card. I if my opponent plays that card, I'm going to blink at it. Mm-hmm. And when it's good, it's like, oh, you know, that worked out really well. But I'm more surprised like you played a card that doesn't get you ahead. So you're have you seen some instances where it just wins? Or it's very good. I've had it in 3 <laughs> decks and it's done absolute work. Um even mm. in the, even in the cases where I'm ahead, the thing is it, because it has three different texts on there in ways mm-hmm. where if you're behind, you're going to hit 
at least one of them. And of course, yeah. that's like that's uh, almost worst case scenario. But the fact that it hits two of them and some of them and they're really two relevant ones a lot of times like the main one you almost always want to hit is the create the two bodies because like the sequence that yeah. i set up is two bodies and then i deploy the rest of my team and i'm all of a sudden i just outpaced my opponent in a way that they can't really yeah. keep up with anymore i'm, I'm looking um, forward to being wrong on this card I, and it's okay like i said i just want the listeners to know don't sleep on this <laughs> card this yeah. card is pretty powerful yeah i'm okay with and one thing I was going to add for that is that usually if you're ahead, that means you have like more on board, which means you have less cards in hand. So usually if you top deck it, it usually cycles. Hmm. Unless your board has been wiped out. And then in that case, and, it may usually makes one ones. And that's like but, the absolute, like that's still just great, honestly. Yeah. All right. And speaking of cards, uh, Samson's looking forward to be wrong about uh, more crit behemoth. I had to get that in there for that round. Uh, so no, we are moving on to blue and I'll be kicking things off. Um, uh, First up, I have Phantom Carriage for Blue Blue for a 4-4 four, four flyer. 4-4 four, four flyers. Those are known to be good and limited. When it ETBs, you get to search your library for a Disturb or card with Flashback and put it into your graveyard. So basically, it's a 4-4 four, four flyer that draws you a card, basically, is the way I evaluate it, as long as you built your deck correctly. But at worst, 6 mana 4-4 four, four flyer. That's just good curve top or limited. Next up, I have Nebelgast Intruder, which is the card I believe Tree was talking about in the comment section which is a three mana two one flyer with flash that when it ETBs gives a creature your opponent controls minus two minus O. So kind of like startle you, like it trades in with uh, any two, two or two, one or anything like that. It comes in and just kills it. And then you have a two power flyer with flash. That's just a very good value card and it can kill your opponent Two power in the air. You'll talk about the vampire interloper. Uh, then my last one was a uh, scob wrangler. Um, I was debating wanting to change this card, but it's another one of these tap three creatures to do something. So it's one a blue for a two one human wizard. Tap three untap creature control. Tap target creature. Uh, times like whenever I, I had a, it was in. All right, so I had one deck that one seven wins. It was blue black zombies. I had bunch of decayed zombies. I had I dropped this. Then my opponent went to their turn at the RN step. I tapped down their board and then swung in for the win. So the highs of this card are pretty high there. Um, I'll admit there's some like conditional things like you want to have a card, uh, deck that can deploy a large board, but at worst it's a two mana two one. So that's fine. Uh, trees next. Am I? Okay. <clears throat> okay. So my list, I like, I like everything, all the cards, uh, my, all the cards you had, uh, Micah, but my list is a bit different. Um, Mysterious Tome is one of mine um, because it does draw you card every other turn and then it taps something every other turn. It's very awkward in this, in those scenarios where you need it's, you need to tap it down on that turn, but you're on the draw side because if you tap it... Um, sorry, let me, let me describe to you the... <laughs> The, the card, uh, Mysterious Tome, it is th two and a blue for an artifact, and it's paid two to tap it, draw a card, transform it. When you transform it, it becomes an IC manipulator on the back. Um, but, because you tapped it that turn, you cannot use that artifact. Um, transforming does not untap the card. But, being able to draw a card every other turn is really, really fantastic in a controlly style deck. They just tap something down that you need to, or not can't really it's it's awkward but you know i think it's still pretty good in that respect 
Um, the second card I have is Firmament Stage, um, although blue and black is not really a day-night kind of thing. But if you you can, once the day-night cycle starts, you can actually, you know, manipulate it in your own way to get that card draw after every single um, transition of day-night. So Firmament Sage is a 3-blue um, for 2-3, and if it's neither night or day, it becomes day when it ETVs, and when night becomes day or day becomes night, draw a card. So well, playing the long game, that's fantastic in drawing out, being bury your opponent in card advantage. And then the third one is sort of for like more aggressive decks. So Fading Hope is one of mine. It is one mana, unsummon. Um, but if it's CMC three or less, you get to scry one, which is fantastic. You just bounce one of the early creatures, getting a whole bunch of damage, you know, getting down to six or seven, and then make them be on the defensive. So I, I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit of spectrum on here. So those are my three picks. All right, cool beans. Uh, so for number one, I had uh, the Phantom Carriage. Uh, again, what Micah said, it's a 4-4 flyer. Um, and, you know, card advantage. It's not going to draw a card, but um, I mean, I guess it kind of is in some ways. But just the fact that you're putting in a Disturb or a Flashback is, you know, very powerful. Uh, at number two, Mysterious Tome for, you know, the reasons that Tree said. Uh, card advantage into tapping and again you sequence it in such a way that you're basically always getting the benefit of drawing the card and then tapping down you know their most relevant creature so really powerful card um my last card is a little bit different i have a uh, covetous castaway so that's one in the blue for a one three when etbs or sorry when it dies mill three cards and then has a disturb cross for three blue blue uh, you make a 3-4 flyer that when it enters the battlefield, you shuffle up to three target cards from your graveyard into your library. So um, my my thing on this is the three-drop slot is very... Um, I think in blue, there's a lot of three-drop slots there that you want to be playing in the cards that it matches up with, which is why like Nimble Gas was like, uh, like super high on my consideration, but I just think there's always so much things to do on three that uh, I... I it was like number four like it, it kind of competed in that way but the three four body that i've found in the castaway just is super relevant um and the fact that it shuffles in three cards is pretty awesome because um you know again it's one of those things where uh, you know you're removing their flashback card or their disturbed card or you're reusing your cards that you have in there that you want back in the deck and so um that's my top three what do you what, what do you got Joe, or micah were you gonna say something I was going to, just because I, I had mentioned the Samson, there was a card I wanted to change, and it was changing my last uh, card, the Mysterious Tome, because I made this list Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I had a deck that had Mysterious Tome in it, and I text Coates, I was like, dang, this card's a lot better than I thought. Mm, the card's good, yeah. And I just want to say, I thought, I think Covetous Castaway is like, in my opinion, probably the best card with Disturb on it. That's all I want to say. Judge? Yeah. Uh, it's funny if Costa gets this. Uh, you guys had a good... Um kind of agreement on why um it edges out trees because you need that that phantom carriage which is a very strong it's not an auto include in every blue deck but it may as well be because it essentially draws you half a card and not only that it draws you half a blue flyer so like your opponent just knows what you're playing on the next turn or you're getting back some sort of powerful instant or sorcery some some sort of powerful sorcery 
Uh, the tome is interesting. I really want to see what our list looks like when we do our follow-up on Mysterious Tome. I think we're still going to be high on it because this card often is, you know, draw three cards, tap down their dude two to three times, and it it's never off. Like, it's never it's never failing to do something. And it feels like it should because it's not always doing the thing you want it to do. Um, also, Covetous Castaway is that two-drop. Very nice, fades the ground, blocks the thing, survives combat, and then when it does die, we're, we're cool with it. Um, funny enough, Micah has a really good list. Like the Nimble Gas Intruder, uh, it's not often, is sometimes killing like the two drop that it faded as a 2 1. Um, and then there's a flyer afterwards. The Scab Wrangler, you're right, is tapping down boards and it's kind of doing like a good, like, lore bolt intruder almost sometimes with those with the tokens and with the humans and just tapping out tapping your spirits when during board stalls to get your flyers in is really a thing so i'm giving mike a second here um tree fading hope great uh there's a lot of cars that are doing something functionally the same i do like that it scries ferment sage is really good but you're right it is one of those like must remove cards it's just lower on this list in comparison to some of the other cards though it is kind of strange for me to put i feel strange putting mysterious tome above firm in it but sometimes you're not getting as many flips as you want and it's also just the body is as a two three for four you really need to be drawing cards and be stabilized off the different cards so this card can do work as compared to like that white three three that's like day night hey i'm doing i'm looking for cards yeah, and something I wanted to point out. I don't know if, if Tree said it or not. I know he said in blue black it doesn't fit well, but in re- but in blue red this card is actually extremely powerful because you are constantly triggering the uh, the day and night cycle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think I think just saying what, or going back to what Samson was saying, the four mana is like the only downside of this card. But I actually do really like the Firmament Sage. Yeah. I, I tend to pick it up quite often. Yeah. And in that instance, it just becomes more a little bit narrower because, like, you're right, it's a red-blue all-star, kind of like the 1-3 with that pseudo, with that prowess-like effect is it doesn't have to be in red-blue, but it's really good in there, right? Because you need to be playing things at instant speed uh, sometimes. You don't want to be off. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know Phantom Carriage was a card, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you just haven't played with that card it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty powerful yeah like uh, it is it's the single biggest flyer i believe well not counting like the angels and such and the commons and uncommons yeah uh all right so that's blue uncommons we are moving on to black and costa as the winner of the previous round start us off bud Yes, sir. So I have at number one, and I think it is the best uncommon in the sets. Uh, I have Morbid Opportunist. Uh, so I believe it's two and a block for a one three, if I'm not mistaken. Wild that is I'm correct. Struggling. Uh, and then whenever one or more other creatures die, draw a card. This ability only triggers once. Um, tons of decayed creatures so it's going to trigger all the time all the black shenanigans it's going to trigger all the time it's going to trigger all the time so uh and notice it says each turn so this does trigger when your opponents want to decay so just a great card um number one there number two uh this might not be a surprise infernal grasp uh so it's just one black for an instant destroy target creature 
uh, and you lose two life, just premium removal. Uh, it does have the downside of two life that is relevant sometimes, but again, it deals with absolutely everything. Uh, and then number three, ghoulish procession. So again, another one of these uh, trigger once. Uh, it's a one in a black for an enchantment. Again, if one or more uh, non-token creatures die, create a two-two black zombie uh, with decay. It triggers once each turn. Key differences: non-creatures, so you can't keep triggering your decayed zombie to do this. But again, you have a lot of creatures that end up dying, and this really kind of feeds into a lot more, um, a lot more of the archetypes than I than I would have expected. Uh, just a quick example: gr- green black wants to trigger death a lot of times for its uh, premium uncommon. Um, red black is pushing damage, so is uh, black white pushing damage, and black blue has you know this minor zombie theme slash you know other shenanigans. So it just fit really well with everything. Um, Micah, I believe it's your turn. It show is uh, surprising no one. My first two cards are the same as your first two cards. Uh, what I shot. had them as like one A and one B. Infernal grasp and morbid opportunist. Infernal grasp is probably the best. Removal at common and uncommon in the set destroys our creature. Do lose two life. Uh, more of opportunist synergizes well with this card, as you might. It just makes all your removal feel so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I right, kill your creature, I get to draw a card. Okay, right. we're, we're, we're cool with this. This is legal here. All right, uh, I love those, but my third pick is different. I went with the goodest boy there ever was. There was Dreadhound. Four black, black for a six, six. When it ETBs, you mill three. And then whenever a creature enters the graveyard, each opponent loses a life. So when it dies or gets milled or anything. So uh, it's like blood art. It's like the global blood artist effect. It doesn't give you life, but this card ends games. It is very efficient at that. And that's why it has its place on my list. Uh, I, I'll, I, I'm this close to saying it's my like one C, but. Infernal Grass and Morbid Opportunists are just so good. So I'll, it's my solid third card. Uh, treat! Oh, yeah. I completely glossed over Infernal Grass because I haven't seen it played. I haven't seen it played against me or in my pool of cards that I've seen. Um, but so Dreadhound, fantastic. You know, it's I guess it's like the uh, the carriage from the other one, but like a lot better because it triggers off every single creature. Are dying. Uh, Morbid Opportunist, fantastic, you know, draws cards um, off anything dying. But my other pick was Bane Blade Scoundrel. I love myself some flanking here. Being able to attack in with and, and making terrible blocks, making your opponents have terrible blocks because all creatures get minus one, minus one, not, not just one creature. So. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in here. Since you didn't know the card, I'm just going to override this. If you just so Samson can have it as consideration, what card would you drop from your list for Infernal Grasp? Since you It'd did be not the, know the, the scoundrel, but it's, it's it's not. I knew the card. I just it just glossed over me that the card was, you know, part of this set. But Fair it's whatever. Supreme Judge. Uh, so yeah, Tree gets put at the disadvantage because he didn't know about Infernal, Infernal Grass. Bane Blade is good, um, but it is really interchangeable with uh, some other cards in the four-drop slot. Um, Infernal Grass is, of course, great. I, I shed a tear, like one black swampy tweet tear because I never thought I'd see the day that somebody would stand on equal footing with Doom Blade. Uh, the day has come. You know, the torch has been passed. The card's very good. 
Um, and Dreadhound is a house. Um, you're right, it does in games. It drains your opponent almost immediately. And all of those decay zombies that have been sitting around, all of those little one-twos that have been sitting there, like, you know, standing in place, look up and go, our time has come. It's time to die. Um, the, the time has come. I do really like Ghoulish Procession. Um, not even talking about the morbid opportunist Ghoulish Procession combo. You just get a lot of of bodies off of this. It doesn't have a requirement that um, it that um, non-token. Yeah, it just dies off of anything. So it, it it I believe it does trigger itself, does it not? Morbid opportunist. No. Ghoulish Procession. Oh, Ghoulish, no, uh, Ghoulish, oh, I thought you were talking about more. Ghoulish Procession does say non-token creature. It's non-token? Okay. So, Moment Opportunist, everyone had it. It's it's great. You play it. It's a must-remove card, hands down. Uh, I'm going to go in order here. Uh, Micah Costa Tree. Um, I really like Ghoulish Procession, and I have a strong inclination to give a, a lower mana cost card the body, especially because, like, Dreadhound doesn't have like flying or menace or death touch, you know, that's some sort of keyword, but that drain changes the math on board stalls. Um, it does require a bit of setup, but sometimes Ghoulish Procession does give you two twos that don't do anything. Just two things I like to say. The first thing, going back to the morbid opportunist, mm-hmm. uh, just like everyone to know that this effect is kind of irreplaceable which is why Mm -hmm. again when micah says it's 1b it's because there are other removal effects so Mm -hmm. you're not going to find this on a stick right uh number two um the only thing about the what's the dog's name sorry dreadhound the dreadhound is just that because it's six mana again it actually is replaceable but i can understand your point and the non-token thing is kind of hard to um kind of get over but if you've played with it enough you'll realize like that doesn't mean as much but yeah ghoulish procession goes off quite a bit don't get me wrong um it's not a morbid opportunist i've seen it just put in work i feel like with ghoulish with morbid opportunist you know if a turn is your opponent takes a turn you do you take a turn you drawing a card off that every turn with ghoulish procession it's like 1.5 to 2 yeah it'll just depend it'll depend on your deck for sure yeah uh, funny little side note. So, one of those games where I got smashed, where I talked to you about Kosa, my opponent played Dreadhound. I was like, all right, I'm just straight up dead. I had like two life. They cast the Covetous Castaway, then cast their own removal spell on it. I was dead on board. So, they BM'd me kind of hard here, but for I enjoyed sure, it. For sure. They Covetous Castaway, <laughs> then cast their own removal spell on it to mill three cards. They hit two creatures, and I died that way. Ooh, I was like, uh, that's was next like, level. What a line. You could yeah. have also just attacked me, by the way. Yeah, that was uh, also three life because a creature died, right? Yeah, creature died, then what? you mailed two, no multiple creatures. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they hit yeah. one creature. So they, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. But, all right. So that brings us to uh, I'm in the lead with 10. Costa has nine, and Tree has five. We are moving on to red. Let's finish this up, boys. Uh, I'm starting things off uh, for red. Uh, I have cathartic pyre one in the red for an instant deals three damage to creature or planeswalker, or you can discard up to two cards and draw that many cards. Um, very, very flexible. Uh, probably the best, uh, not lightning strike because it's not any target, but the other versions like scorching dragon fire, that style effect, the best one of those we've probably ever had. Uh, next up, I have purifying dragon. Uh, 
which is five mana for a four, three flying Dargan. Whenever it attacks, you deal one damage to target creature and opponent controls. But if it's a zombie, it deals two. Um, this card destroyed that uh, blue black zombie deck I had, kept killing all my stuff. And a four power flyer is it's a uh, solid limited completely. It's amazing. Uh, next up, uh, Lunar Frenzy X in a red uh, instant target creature gets plus X plus O and gains first strike and trample. Uh, I didn't know this card was in the set the first time it was cast against me. And my opponent ended up hitting me for 18 first strike and trample. Uh, very late in the game. It was very grindy. And then they just straight up murdered me. I was like, huh? It's like the fairest version of Embercleave ever, which is super powerful and limited. And, uh, and in terms of like card evaluation, uh, I was just looking at the card. I was like, all right, this card can end games. And so for that reason, it is on my list. Next up is my man, Costa. Yes, sir. So uh, no surprise. I have also cathartic power at number one. Again, the flexibility of this card is tremendous in that, you know, most of the time you're really not going to use the the second part of it, but uh, sometimes you will and sometimes it'll win you game. So at number one, uh, at number two, I actually have seize the storm. So this is four and a red for a sorcery. Uh, you create a red elemental creature token with this creature's power and toughness or equal to the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard plus the number of cards with flashback you own in exile. And then it has a staple claw or as staple on their flashback for six and a red. Um, yes, it doesn't. Or actually, you would think you don't get very big tokens and all the colors, but actually every single color provides uh, enough instant and sorceries. And actually what I found out is, you know, there's a, you're usually this heuristic of you need to play 17 creatures to have a, a suitable deck and I've a deck deck. Uh, and I've actually found that we, uh, or at least these draft sets have really moved away from that. I don't always agree with that anymore. I don't think you need to have, there's no, uh, correct amount of creatures you need to have for a deck because a lot of them make creatures. And so that really feeds sees the storm. In this case, there's a lot of things with flashback um, that end up really fueling this card. And again, you get two bodies and if they're four fours, it's, you know, no different than having uh, what is it? Sighting of the beast or whatever. So, um, and then at number three, uh, Thermo Alchemist. So it's just one in a red for a zero three tap deal one damage to each opponent. And then whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, untap Thermo Alchemist. Uh, I mean, this card is a low drop zero three pings every turn, can do it multiple times. Um, I've had this card when I draft it. I mean, it's netting me like four damage almost all the time. Um, so this card is very powerful. Um, the reason why, uh, what's the one mana card, um, blah, 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 the one that Tree just talked about, uh, play with fire. It's not on there. It's very efficient. It hits face, it hits creature, and it scries one if you hit face. Great card. I just find it a little more replaceable. And so it's high on the list as far as, it, like, if it's stacked up against the commons, but in the uncommons, there's just a lot of things competing there. So, Tree? Agreed. What do you got? Yes. Um, uh, again, I didn't play a lot with red, um, and also I was just trying to look up cards uh, for this, and some of the cards would load on my screen, so I missed the Cathartic Pyre, um, so I put in Play With Fire, because I knew that was the set. Um, I did see Purifying Dragon, and I love it. You know, just being able to ping something every single turn, and it's four or three fire for four. I think, yes, yeah, for four, right? Uh, three in red. <clears throat> and then... For, for five. Um, it's five. It's five. Three red, red. Mm -hmm. Three red, red. Okay, okay. 
Um, Lunar Frenzy is not on my list, but um, love it. Love the the Mike Micah's reason for everything. It just ends games. Um, another the third one I picked was a filler. Um, it was Spellroom Painter, um, along the lines of Festival Crasher, uh, where every single prowess effect you know pumps it up. It is a <clears throat> what do we call it? Um, Spellroom Painter is what do you call it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay, oops, I flipped over. It is a two in the red for a two three. So a three drop for the two three is not too bad. But then it keeps it's a day bound night bound. If you flipped over, it becomes three four, and then it's plus two plus two at the end of turn for every instant sorcery. So um, kind of gets bigger. And then if you have combat tricks, and if you're in red, you should have like lots of instant sorceries to go to trigger those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a filler card. It's not as great as or synergistic as Thermoalchemist would be. So yeah, that's it. Judge? Supreme Leader? So, uh, funny enough, this comes down to Purifying Dragon versus Seize the Storm. Um, tree, Spellroom Painter, like you said, it's a filler card. It's replaceable. You have Purifying Dragon. You're the only player with Play With Fire, which I think is very high. I think it should be number three on a lot of these lists. Um, I feel like you got like the second, like you have two, you have a set, like a, a number three card and then like the four and five, I mean like Purifying Dragon or Spellroom Painter. Cause I like that you put Spellroom on there, but I think just comparing it to Lunar Frenzy, like Frenzy is fireball. It just, you're, you just lose to it. It's the, it's the boogeyman I'm always afraid of when my opponent's sitting on seven lands and I'm at like eight or nine life. And he cracks at me with three cards. I'm like, all right, do you have a trick or am I dead here? Because there's, if I don't have removal, there's nothing I can do. Like, it makes me have to, more Lunar Frenzy is the boogeyman. Um, that being said, Thermal Alchemist is terrifying. Uh, in the right deck, it's a must-remove card. In the wrong deck, it fades two to three attacks, like maybe two attacks. And if you want to use a combat trick on my Thermal Alchemist, be my guess is a two drop you know it's it's a, it's like it's up there with personal wolf it's the other two drop that i'm like on turn two like is my opponent going to be that guy can tripping for the rest of the day um and this was actually going to be the hardest pick i've had to make because i feel like micah picked a stronger card but i do not like purifying dragon as much as seize the storm or thermal alchemist um I'm not conveniently dropping a coin to see where it flips. Uh, wow, Coastal One. How, how'd you know? Uh, I'm an objective judge, and no one would ever question my um, ethics in picking a person. In picking. Or how much I paid you. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I, always, I, I always have 20s and 100s and unmarked bills. In all seriousness, I like Purifying Dragon a lot. Um but I don't have as good of an evaluation on here, so it might this might be a failing on my part. Maybe Purifying Dragon is just dastardly good. Um, uh, I'm nervous giving Seize the Storm a leg up on it, but I must admit, at worst, Seize the Storm makes a 3-3 Trampler, and it normally makes a 4-4 Trampler when you play it off curve. There's the other thing I was going to say. Is like The heights of Seize the Storm are so much more, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. like, one thing, it counts itself, right? When it exiles, yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, sorry. When it, sorry, when you cast it in exile, yeah. Me. Yep. So, like, I think the heights that there's just like 
and there's like one of the harder ones to keep off my list. Yeah. Just because I was like, there's a lot of times where I, all right, I have a five mana two two. Yeah. You, uh, you made the so, right choice with Lunar Friendly. Like that card is good. I think like in the highly synergistic deck, which is like hopefully what you're doing. Caesar Storm's easy, yeah. but man, Purifying Dragon killed me dead that one time, mm-hmm. and uh, had like four power floors. But okay, that does it for our penultimate round. Uh, Costa is currently in the lead with eleven. However, I am also in the lead with eleven, and Tree has five. I'll come down to this. The guy who has not seen most of the set yet. So, I mean, if I think uh, it's five is pretty yeah. good, considering he hasn't seen it. So, uh. I'm just saying, it's like we're really close to the, it's just the uncommons, man. Mm-hmm. But our, and there's one more red uncommon I wanted to mention, which is the Fang Blade Brigand, which is a four mana three four. You can pay one ready plus one plus one first strike. Then it's a werewolf on the backside. It's a four five that it has the same ability, but it also has four and a red creatures you control get plus two plus oh. That card can be a house sometimes. And threat of activation giving it first strike can be super annoying. Since you're bringing up uh, honorable mentions, uh, not honorable mentions, but bring them up, Village Watch, also a card to just keep an eye out for, because if it's on night side, just having a 5-4 Haster is extremely crazy good, I feel like, and then it also gives other werewolves haste as well, so that card's also done some work as well. But All right, we are moving on to green. Mm-hmm. Costa, start us off. Alrighty, well here we go. Home stretch. Uh, at number one, I have Rise of the Ants. Uh, so this is what is it for? Green, green for a sorcery. Um, you create two, three, three ants, and then you gain two life. But then also has flashback for. Uh, where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? Six green. green. Thank you. Six green green. So uh, you're making you know four ants and gaining four life with one card. Seems really good. Uh, and then just all the shenanigans again, like I love to elemental list this card and bring it back to my hand or whatever. So just replaying. It's great. Um, another way you can do that is with dryads revival, which is number two on my list. Uh, so that's uh, two and a green for a sorcery uh, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. And then hatch flashback for like three green, green or something like that. Four green, um, four green. Thank you. Um, again, just another, uh, I love um regrowth effects and doing it twice is absolutely amazing uh, again in the game that we, i was playing just before we did the podcast uh me and sam so we're kind of talking about this card because um i could have brought back a rise of the ants uh, but i also had a removal spell so the fact that it's like a toolbox for my graveyard which allows us to put it back in my hand really really powerful card and then number three i have contortionist trope so uh, this is just X and a green for an XX. Why can I not find my cards today? Ugh, I hate finding the uncommons. Um, Let me read it for you. I found it right here. X and a green for a zero zero human. Uh, contortionist trope enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, but it has coven at the beginning of your end step. If you control three or more creatures with different powers, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. So scales with the game at any point. Um, Going back to what Micah said, uh, Coven is not very hard to trigger, uh, which was kind of a surprise to both of us. And then it's either growing itself or growing any other creature you have on the battlefield. So this card is a, is a real house, a real uh, pain to deal with. Um, and I think just untapping with it once while triggering Coven, uh, it, or sorry, not even untapping, just triggering it once is is pretty backbreaking, I think, for a lot of decks. So. That's my top three. Mr. Micah, what do you got? Uh, 
I have a feeling this one's going to bite me in the ass and I'm going to cost me this victory. Uh, cause I love that card, but I left it off my list. Uh, I had rise of the ants. I didn't know that card existed until the first, uh, the day the set dropped on arena. And I was like, this is hilarious. I, I think you and I were texting back and forth about it. It's like, mm-hmm. this card's super amazing, super sick. Uh, but I also had clear shot, which is two and a green for an instant target creature control gets plus one plus one. And then it punches. It doesn't fight. So it deals damage equal to its power to target creature. This is just so much better than the common green removal. In the last set, we had talked about how we actually kind of prefer the common green removal to the uncommon removal. And it's the exact opposite. This one's a lot better. And if you're in green, this is just, I feel like this needs to be a priority if you see one. But then I had Dawn Heart Mentor, which is a three mana 04. When it ETBs, it makes you a 1 1 human. Oftentimes, this card also just reads open up all your coven presents because we mentioned before two and three are probably the most common powers that you see. And giving you O and 1 is uh, just enables all that. But then also, if you have coven, which you probably do if you have this card, you can pay. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it now. Tree, don't tell me. Tree, don't tell me. Don't tell me, tree. Five tree, tree, five and a green, six mana. Target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains trample until end of turn. Uh, threat of activation on that is actually pretty legit. Um, and this card's won me a lot of games. One of my favorite play patterns was turn two, uh, harvest stride sentry into turn three, this, and then I just keep swinging with three power creature and they just can't block it. Uh, and ended the game pretty quickly. And eventually you just got to the where you point reactivated and it allows you to punch through board stalls. Um, but man, I love contortionist troop too. Cards tight. That's pretty. Uh, good. Having them having them both together is just that's just. It really is the dream. I, I had that too. So, <laughs> tree, what do you got right. for your list? Yep. <laughs> okay. Um. Jeez. Damn. All right. Uh, Judge, I just want to make sure that um, I do have clear shot over Death Bonnet Sprout in the list. Okay. Because um, I made that last minute change and I don't remember if I sent it to him with that or not. But uh, Rise of the Ants, phenomenal. Explained already. Um, I put clear shot in there, you know, premium removal spell in green. You should always have it. If you have it, if you don't have it, then. Or um, if you pick something else over it, you've got to have a really good reason. Um, Contortionist Troop. I picked that. Um, I, I, I played with Don Horde Mentor, and I, I liked it. It was really good. But um, the floor of it is is a 0-4 and a 1-1. One, one. If you don't have any Covenant of Ablers, sure, and that is easy to do. But with Contortionist Troop, it scales really well at any point in the game. You can play it as a 2-2. Two, two, or as a 1-1 one, one on turn 2, or you can play it as an 8-8 eight, eight on turn when we have 9 mana, or something like that. So, Contortion Shoots scales really well. It's just an IV Elemental with upside. Um, my honorable mention, though, was with Death, Death Bonnet Sprout, which is a 1 mana um, creature, and it, at the end of each upkeep, you mill a card, and if there are 3 more creatures, flip into a 3-3 three, three that can upkeep exile a creature and grow it bigger. But that's just an honorable mention. All right, before before we receive our final judgment announcing the winner of this contest, um, let's do some more honorable mentions. Because uh, honestly, no, honestly for me, green, green was like the hardest one because I love contortionist troops so much. 
It was literally like the hardest thing for me to ever do in my life is leaving it off. We're going to decide uh, tiebreakers from now on with honorable mentions. Like, hey, just so, want to shout out to my mom well, for always believing in me and <laughs> for winning me but, a bunch of limited. But there was a hound tamer. That card yes, is tight. That's the card I was really oh, looking yes. for on people's list. Ward stall wear. I find I just I'm like inherently against Broodweaver because it's just a bad penumbra spider. But which the funny is a thing is, in a better set. <laughs> the funny thing is that Broodweaver is actually really high on the list as well. Yeah. As, as I, know, I know. I know. The card I yeah. I play with it and it's good, mm-hmm. but because it's inherently a worse penumbra, penumbra spider, spider, I have yeah. an illogical. Because it, it trades on the flesh. second half, but it, it you they have to kill the first part so it can trade with a second flyer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have one more question for the panel. Um, is Defensa Celestis like even all right? Okay, I just never want to play. You can't. Yeah, you I can. mean, go ahead. Oh, good. No, I was just I'm saying. Say you... like, <laughs> for for me, for me, the card has done amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's amazing, but I, when I've used it, it's been amazing. So, and then also, I I don't get why turn turn the earth is an uncommon and not a common, but whatever. Turn, turn the earth. It's a yeah, single exactly. green for an instant. Choose up the three target cards in graveyards. The owners of those cards shuffle them into the libraries, and you gain two life, and you can flash it back for one in a green. I always think about those cards as that's not that card's not actually for limited, right? But who would even run that in constructed? Uh, but it's, I mean, it's it does a, remove uh, the, you know, the Yeah, the reclamation uh, graveyard um, centaur thingy that enters the battlefield and shuffles certain yeah. cards in the graveyard. It's that effect, but it's an uncommon because you can do it twice. Mm. Yeah, I feel like so that's, that's worth it. <laughs> and it's cheap, and it's really, really cheap. After limited, right? It's still not worth it. Yeah, it, it's right. gonna you're gonna get that. It's gonna be your 14th or 15th card in the pack. All right, Supreme Judge Samson, uh, strength of twelve men. True what is your round. final gem? True on this round because he yes because he took out Death Bonnet Sprout, um, which is good. <laughs> but it, it's just bad. There's, there's a there's a freaking three three trample werewolf in this set for three. That thing's amazing. Uh, it shouldn't be in anyone's top three. It should be like your fourth pick card, but. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, um, so uh, between the two lists, uh, Mike, you're going to have to prove me wrong, and I'm going to have to see that the, um, the, the, the Don Hart mentor is just really good in this set because you don't have contortionists. That's what I was going to say. One reason why I regretted it was because uh, I feel like you should always almost take the payoff yeah. as opposed to like the enabler. Yeah. And troop is like one of the, is like probably the best uncommon common uh, payoff for. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like you say like Ivy Elemental. If yeah. you're doing this card correctly, it's like it's not even like green and X. It's just X because on the end yeah. step you just put the last counter on it. Yeah. I like that it's an O four. I don't like that as an O four. It's not attacking like the green deck, which I feel like is gonna be normally more aggressive. Um, I but, I've used and, the ability to pump it up before. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's true. And Dryad's revival is really good all of these return card to your hand with flashback or even the green black return to play with flashback cards that is a return and a half normally they give us like oh they have to share the same creature type or they have to uh be the same color or some other wrinkle but these are just like yeah just pay for it twice and i'm a little bit more expensive 
Um, Drive to Rival is very good and just kicks Don Hart mentor down the stairs for me. And then ants are great. Everyone loves ants. Hug your aunt the next time you see her. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm putting the crown squarely on Kotarshan's troop. That's entirely reasonable. I can't argue against it. That was actually a change that I made because um, there's a deck where I had John Hart mentor and I didn't have troop in it and I still liked it, but I shouldn't have changed it. Should have left the troop in. Uh, but so that means also, our. I do want to hear Costa. Why do you have Dryad's Revival of a Clear Shot? I like it because I think it's a good card. Replaceable. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, dude, depending, just depending on the colors that you have, Revival gives me all the options and there's just, there's just removal in the set. So, and most of these colors that I'm playing, I can get that effect, but Revival is not an effect that's replaceable. That's something I was going to say. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't say something wrong with the structure of how we did this, but a lot of the times, like, I can, I can understand picking the, because I'd rather have a defense straight than a clear shot, mm-hmm. defend a straight, whatever. And as I, at some point, if you just have enough, if it's late game, you're, uh, what's the stupid, uh, what's the card called? Dryad's Revival? That's almost just like a straight up tutor effect. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get that entirely. Good bad. It's like, it's like an error in the way, like, maybe I think about it as I do this, like, all right, clear shot, it's the best green removal spell. But, how often are you running monocolor decks? Never. And the other thing to think about too is you have to remember the way I, I'm seeing the draft formats. I'm thinking about it collectively about what else I can see. And so sometimes that bites me in the butt, right? Like I'm like, okay, I'm passing up this, you know, very good removal spell for a card that is irreplaceable, and I may not see a piece of removal. Removal, but I think those instances are so low that when I'm thinking about my options, you know, I have removal in red, I have removal in black, and then there are even things in, in blue and white that I can grab that I want this effect because it fits in many other archetypes and so that's just kind of how i draft and i'm not saying it's always right but i mean i do pretty well in drafts i mean there's no there's no secret amongst us that i I do well enough in draft and that's kind of the reason why um you know that what elevates some of those things so well this has already been the longest podcast we have ever done yeah three people Uh, makes it longer uh, all right so uh costa as Mm -hmm. champion do you have any quick picks for the people? I do. Uh, let's uh, quickly get onto it. I just, uh, I guess, before I say that, I should have two wins, by the way. Uh, I'm not saying. Oh, step off mouth. me! Step <laughs> off me! So, anyways, I, I won that last round. All right, get out of your seven point tree. Oh, uh, he'll come back. He'll come back with the vengeance for sure. But, anyways, uh, just two quick picks this week. So, pathways from ZNR and Call Time. Um, you know, where we have rotation. Uh, I think they're actually still the best land, even though the dual lands that we have here are going to be ultra staples and EDH can be played in standard, whatever uh, pathways are. I still think amazing and they're creeping up. Uh, they're average about $5. I expect them to go to $8 uh, six months or under. So pick them up now. And then um, grave crawler. Uh, I probably should have called this earlier. I just kind of like slipped the mind with zombies. Um, 
card has already definitely creeped up. And even at the price that you're getting at now, I'm not saying it's a deal or anything, but if you can get them at $12, they're going to be 15 to $20 cards. They're going to every zombie deck. It's like the number one zombie to have because it keeps recurring itself and all the stuff. So uh, pick those up uh, regular copies from dark ascension. So uh, those are my only two quick picks for this week. Micah, let's uh, watch some football, man. That will do it for episode 36 of the MTG Untapped podcast. What did you think about what we talked about today? What do you think are the best commons and uncommons in Innistrad Midnight Hunt? Let us know on Twitter at MG Untapped Pod or on Facebook at MG Untapped Podcast. If you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you'd please... Leave us a review and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. It would be very much appreciated. Tree, thank you for coming, my friend. It has been a pleasure. My pleasure as well. Yeah, thank you both. Sorry, go ahead, Micah. Samson, it has been a pleasure to have you on as well. It was it was great having you and your stupid seven drop. All right. All right. Uh, um, so, uh, just real quick, do either of y'all have like an like a Twitter you want to throw out there or an Instagram or something? Uh, shout out. Negative. I'll make one at the end of this. All right. Uh, will you let us know so I can tweet it out so all you people can please uh, let this man know how wrong he is about our beloved baby Morecrut Behemoth. Always Morecrut, never less. But that will do it for this episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I have been the Micah signing off for Tree, Samson, my man, Costa. We will talk to you all next week. Later. Later. Shout out to Adrian if he actually listens to this podcast. And Force World Gaming and Bash Shop. Go check them out. And Junior's Comics and Alpha Strike. Later.